0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. friends, it is good to be here this morning to worship. Today we celebrate Father's Day. We give thanks for our fathers and our father figures in our lives. Tomorrow we celebrate Juneteenth, and we remember and reflect on how we can commit to the work of racial healing and reconciliation. It is good to be here as siblings in Christ to worship and to celebrate the bonds of unity and fellowship that we have. As we come to the scripture this morning, our scripture lesson is uh, in Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 8. Paul writes, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, again, we thank you for this time to worship, this time to orient our hearts to you, this time to receive your word for our lives. Lord, especially as we come to this message, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation and thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, again, we are continuing our journey through Paul's letter to the Romans. Now, Romans is the first letter in the New Testament of the epistles. And the reason why it's the first letter in the epistles is because it's the longest letter and the New Testament epistles are arranged according to a decreasing length of the letter. But many have called Paul's letter to the Romans his theological masterpiece. And so perhaps it's appropriate then that this letter to the Romans is the first in the New Testament epistles. Now, it's likely that Paul wrote this letter around 57 AD. He was still in ministry in Corinth, and he's writing to this church in Romans. He did not plant the church in Romans. He had never visited the church in Rome, but yet he felt a a desire to go and visit them. He longed to visit them, and he still considered the church in Rome part of his so-called flock. At the time, the church in Rome only had about a hundred people, which is quite small, and yet their faith was known throughout the Roman Empire. And so Paul is writing to them, uh, reaching out to them and sharing wisdom and teaching to them. Like most of the epistles that we find in the New Testament, Paul's letter is pastoral. He's addressing concerns and needs of the congregation. And like many churches in first century, the church was struggling with their identity. They were struggling with what it meant to be a Christian and how to practice the Christian faith. You see, the church included both people who converted to Christianity who were Jewish and people who converted to Christianity who were Gentile. And there was this debate as to whether or not uh, those who had been Gentile first must first become Jewish in order to become Christian. And there was debate about what Jewish practices needed to be incorporated into the life of the church. And there was also just tension about these two groups coming together and how they fit into God's story. And so, in this letter to the Romans, Paul powerfully and beautifully lays out God's plan of salvation for all people, Jewish and Gentile alike. And he argues that salvation is a free gift of God received wholly by faith. You see, Paul writes throughout his letter to the Romans, at the heart of our faith is the heart of God. God first loves us and desires to be in relationship with each and every one of us. And so over the course of this letter, Paul explains how God's love is evident from the very beginning, how it's displayed throughout the Old Testament and culminates in In Jesus Christ, who is the word and love of God made flesh. Throughout Christ's ministry, Christ shows us God's love for us and how we are called to live and to love. And through Christ's death and resurrection, we have redemption, salvation, reconciliation. And this is a gift freely offered to all. Paul goes on to show in Romans that faith is not just a checklist of good deeds. It's not even just about being a good person. It's not just a mental ascent to a set of beliefs. Because in all those things, we're going to come up far short anyway. As a perfectionist, friends, I can attest to that. We will come up short anyway. As much as we try, we cannot save ourselves. And so Paul writes that faith is a complete surrender of our hearts and our lives to God. It's a radical trust in Christ and who Christ is and what he has done for us, the one who can save us. As I heard recently said, Christianity is not a program, it's a person. It's a living relationship with our living God. And so our identity as the church and as individual followers of Christ is first and foremost in Christ. And so that's Paul's gospel. That's the the heart of what Paul is writing in his letter to the Romans. And as we go throughout the summer and in the coming weeks, we'll continue to unpack that message and, and explore it a bit more. But I want to return to today's passage and what we read in the fifth chapter. When I was reading through today's passage, the Bible that I use for today's passage had a title for these verses. And the title simply said, Hope and Peace. And when I read those words, admittedly, I just stopped right there. I just stopped right there. I was struck by the simplicity and the power of this title. Because I don't know about you, but if there are any two things that this world desperately needs, it is hope and peace. So I wanna pause right there. When I say those words, hope and peace, what comes to your mind? Is it a day away at the beach or at the mountains? Are you surrounded by beautiful weather and just a beautiful scenery? Is it simply rest, quiet, the absence of noise? Is it everything's checked off your to do list or everybody's getting along, an absence of conflict? Friends, there is nothing wrong with any of these things. But the reality is, is that these things are fleeting and they are dependent upon external circumstances. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, there have been times where I have been in a peaceful environment and it's been nice and quiet. And my inner being is anything but. My mind is racing, I'm going over through other things and I would not describe myself feeling a sense of peace. And so perhaps what may initially come to our mind when we're thinking about hope and peace is probably not the hope and peace to which Paul is referring. In fact, if we look further again at these verses in today's passage, we see Paul's talking about suffering and hardship, challenging situations in life, adversity, circumstances we can't control, And the reality is, is that so much of our life really isn't spent in idyllic circumstances. Friends, it's probably fair to say that each and every one of us knows what it's like to journey through a difficult season. And maybe that's the season we're navigating right now. And if we're not navigating that season, perhaps a loved one is navigating that season perhaps any time we turn on the news, we are reminded of the hardships and challenges and suffering that is in our world. Paul knew that reality. It's important to remember that Paul was not ministering to and writing churches while he was living a comfortable lifestyle. When we look in the book of Acts and we first encounter Paul, Paul is a Pharisee, and he's also a Roman citizen. And both of those positions afforded him a great deal of power and privilege. And yet when he became a Christian, things changed. He lost his status among the religious leadership. He was ostracized by many communities. He was imprisoned multiple times. He was tortured, and he was ultimately martyred. His faith. His reality was one of hardship and suffering. And yet, Paul knew and he trusted a larger reality and truth the reality and truth of hope and peace, the reality and truth of Christ. Paul knew that his core identity and his worth wasn't in whether he was Jewish or a Gentile, whether he was a person of status or a person who was ostracized or any other category. Paul's core identity was in Christ, the one who first loves us. And as Christ first loves us, Christ never forsakes us. He knows our suffering He enters into it, and he takes it on. Christian psychologist and author Mark McMinn once wrote, The Christ event assures us that good will ultimately overcome evil and is in the process of overcoming evil even now. Friends, the one who redeems and saves and reconciles us has the final word or as Frederick Buchner once said that I love, because of Jesus Christ, the worst thing is never the last thing. The worst thing is never the last thing. That is the hope and peace for Paul, trusting in, resting in, and living out the promises and truth of Christ. Friends, that message is for us today. Our hope and our peace are found in Christ, but not only as we're looking forward to the time to come, but it also transforms our life today in the here and now. The peace and the hope of Christ are for us today. Now, what does that look like? I hesitate to offer too much, because I don't want to reduce our faith to just a set of bullet points in a sermon because faith isn't a program. It's not a quick fix, it's not linear, and certainly it's not something we can achieve in a sermon series. But faith is about a relationship. And so we find our hope and our peace within having a relationship with Christ. And at the foundation of this relationship, like all life-giving relationships in our life, is trust. Trust. Trust that we are known and loved by God. Period. Trust that God is for us. Trust that God is with us. And nothing can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Trust in God's promises. Trust that Christ is who he says he is. Trust. And because we can trust in Christ, we can be honest with him. With where we are, with what our present reality is, and with what we're wrestling with in our hearts. Friends, I don't know about you, but so often when we go through difficult seasons, we may feel tempted to sort of try to hide it or sweep it under the rug or find ways to avoid or cover up the challenges and the struggles that we're experiencing. But the good news is we don't have to do that with Christ. Christ is well acquainted with our suffering, our grief, our pain, and our struggles in life. He bore it all for us. And it's when we're honest with where we are, when we invite him into where we are in our lives, we create the space for God's grace to work, to heal, and to help us experience that hope and that peace that we have in Christ. Our faith is not only about our relationship with Christ, but it's also about our relationship with one another, As the church, we are the community of believers. We each have our own story. We each have our own gifts and graces. We each have been impacted by, and yes, we have contributed to the fallen world. As diverse as we are, we are united in Christ. And through God's grace, we are called to love one another as God loves us. We are called to the phrase that I love so much. We are called to carry one another's hope, to listen to one another, to pray for one another, to encourage one another. We're called in all of our daily responsibilities to show signs and expressions of hope and peace, pointing others to the one who is our hope and our peace. We not only receive and experience God's hope and peace, but we are called to share it in the world around us. Friends, as we continue throughout this summer to journey through Romans, Paul's words are going to remind us again and again that our story is in God's story. That God's story is a story of love and salvation for all of us. It's a story that transforms our lives. And today we're reminded that it's a story that offers us lasting hope and peace, not only for the time to come, but also today in the here and now because of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.